just how much progress has Eric Stokes and Amari Rodgers make? How much more can they make? Plus, what to expect from the Packers rookie receivers and more with Locked On NFL Drafts' Eric Crocker. That's coming up next. You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. I nailed it that time. Uh, another summer Friday discussion. Our pal Eric Crocker, former NFL defensive back who is the host of Locked On NFL Draft, the co-host of Locked On 49ers, is with us to talk about Eric Stokes, to talk about Amari Rogers, to talk about Christian Watson, to talk about Romeo Dubs, to talk about Quay Walker, to talk about a lot of fun stuff on today's show. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Before we get to Croc, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. We've got a lot of money riding on the U.S. Open right now. Golf, you've got another U.S. Open that you can bet on in, in a couple months. Uh, in tennis, uh, you've got the NBA playoffs. That, well, yeah, wow. Major League Baseball to bet on uh, and the Stanley Cup final. That's still going on. That's still a thing that's happening. Uh, and Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. You can bet on the uh, the NBA draft, so there's still plenty of NBA stuff to bet on. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash slash survey. Thanks for your help. Joining me now, our friend from Locked On 49ers and Locked On NFL Draft. You remember him? He's he's the best. Eric Crocker is with me now. And and Croc, I, you're here because uh, no one talks about uh, cornerback and receiver play like you do. And you are, of course, our NFL Draft uh, host with the most uh, over on the Locked On NFL Draft feed. So I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on the Packers draft. You and I got to talk a lot around draft time about a lot of things, but we didn't get to talk really that much about the Packers draft other than right. on camera. So now we get to do it on camera, but in a very different setting. I want to talk two guys in year two first. Um, Eric Stokes is someone that you and I talked about offline um last year when the pick was made I, I immediately like dm'd you and i was like yo just like i need your thoughts i've watched him but like give me your thoughts so it, rather than like give me your pre-draft eval tell me what you saw from him last year because you posted a couple clips from him last year with stuff that you liked 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you see a guy like him, and, and I know you said don't go, get into pre-draft, but I want to kind of talk about some of the pre-draft things I saw and then yeah. kind of how I think it translated to the NFL and things he's worked on. But pre-draft to me, it was just trusting his speed more, right? And when I say trusting his speed more, what kind of comes from that is typically more consistent with his technique because he is someone that has all the ability in the world, right? I mean, he blazed 4-2 in the 40-yard dash. I thought he definitely possessed that type of speed in game, but there were too often times where he was quick to kind of bail on his technique, not get out of there. When he stayed square and stayed in there, it looked beautiful. I thought sometimes the click and close wasn't quite there, but those are all things I saw him definitely improve on at the NFL level where now, you know, everyone's good week in, week out. And I thought he was trusting those things a little bit more. You know, obviously got a chance to watch him. I guess San Francisco 49ers and there was a play in the first meeting that they played on primetime television where he was guarding Debo Samuel and just how comfortable he looked in kind of a trail technique and undercutting the route uh, was never in a panic reading the hips of Debo Samuel. So when he broke out, he was able to kind of break and undercut it. And there was nowhere for the quarterback to throw the ball. I thought throughout the season, there were things like that that I saw where he did a terrific job. Now, obviously like any other rookie, you're going to have your ups and downs. You know, one play comes to mind, which I still, I'm really confused with how it happened, but against DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. where it's it's like it was almost like DeAndre Hopkins is like, did he lose the ball in the air? Then all of a sudden he, he stopped, found it. Stoke stopped playing. He just like didn't yeah. know didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on either. And the next thing I know, I see DeAndre Hopkins running uh, near the end zone. I don't even know if he scored or got tackled at the one. No, he didn't. They caught him. Yeah. So. um but yeah, you're going to have those kind of ups and downs. And I think at cornerback position, cornerback in the O-line, everybody always remembers the bad. They don't remember the good too often, but I thought there was a lot of good mixed in there. And if I were a Packer fan, I'd be really excited to see him t- kind of take that year or two jump. Especially, again, he didn't get to play all year. And I know they got good cornerback play, but you still are better when you have Jair Alexander out there. And if as long as he's healthy and you get those two for an entire season, I think that that's that that's an exciting pair of defensive backs for the Packers. And add in what we saw from Russell Douglas last year uh, in, in in a breakout season. I mean, that, those three that's as good as any three one two three that any team in the league has right now. So, uh, re- really excited about that. Did he? Uh, I, I mean, I, I've said on this show and and on Twitter and and in print many times, Eric Stokes vastly outperformed my expectations for him as a rookie. Did, did he did he make more progress from what we saw at Georgia to year one in the NFL than you thought? Well, you know, I think sometimes you get to see that because now all a guy is doing is focusing on, you know, preparing for the NFL sure. and, you know, getting his body ready. He doesn't have to worry about going to class. He doesn't have to worry about all those things. It's really just focusing in on your craft. And he worked with my guy, Oliver Davis. And Oliver, he's a stickler. Excuse me. He's a stickler for uh, technique. I love his training. I love everything that he does to prepare his defensive backs. And you see a lot of guys coming and working with him, the JC Horns. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on with these big time, either prospects or NFL players that are working with him. And Eric Stokes is another one of those guys. So to see the kind of the improvement, I'm not surprised just because I see how he was working in the offseason. And I saw how fluid he was. I saw the hips. I saw the movement skills. I was just curious to see like, okay, well, can he take this to the NFL? And he actually did. One last thing before we move on. So the, the thing that that 
kept him, I think, from being in that conversation that we're having about Patrick Sertan and, and like, can he be one of the best cornerbacks in the league is ball skills. And it's, it's a little bit of ball tracking. You mentioned the DeAndre Hopkins play. There was a play against Justin Jefferson where he never found the ball. Interestingly, all of the plays that he gave up were to like superstars. It was like Terry McLaurin got him. DeAndre Hopkins got him. Justin Jefferson got him. It's like, okay, well, those guys are going to get just about anybody that put, they, they, they put in front of them. But how do you improve ball skills? I think that, again, just comes down to one, like I said before, just kind of trusting your speed and your technique so that, all right, I understand that, you know, I can, I'm going to get in position and then now I can get my head head around and truly track the ball in. You know, there's kind of this art with the timing of getting your head around where I think a lot of fans are just like, oh man, just get your head around. But a lot of guys, some guys just have this real natural feel for it with getting in phase and getting their head around others. You have to really rep it. And I think the more he just is used to seeing the NFL and kind of how guys are, you know, working against him and whatnot, I think that get him in more of, get him to be more comfortable with getting his head around. So I would assume that year two, he'd be more used to what he's seeing at the NFL level to get his head around. Because I mean, in college, he got his head around, like that wasn't an issue. Yeah, it, it is an interesting thing. And sometimes that just is a is an NFL versus college kind of thing and a comfort level. And and by all accounts, yeah. he's um, this year coming in very confident and, and this secondary has a chance to be really good. I want to ask about Amari Rogers because he was someone that we didn't get a chance to see a lot of last year on the offensive side. We saw him return punts and and a lot of Packer fans did not want to see him returning punts by the end of the season. That did not go the way that the Packers thought it would. They loved him coming out. They were going to take him in the second round, if not for Josh Myers being there, who they also really loved. Uh, I I thought that Amari Rodgers would be a perfect fit in this offense. What what do you think they could do in, in year two to integrate him a little bit better, especially because you, you cover a team that plays a very similar offense that also happens to have a very, I don't want to say a similar type of player to put the the Debo Samuel comparison to Amari Rogers, but just some similar body type and some similar how they wins um, in terms of how the Packers can deploy someone like Amari Rogers. Yeah. You know, watching him at Clemson, I thought he was very comfortable playing in the slot. I believe his last year, he played a lot more outside yep. than I had originally remembered when I was watching the film. So you see the versatility there and, you know, you did talk about Debo Samuel. He's definitely a guy that you just want to work to get the ball into his hands. Now I- I'd say, if you're comparing the two and then maybe why it's not hitting the ground running like you would like at the NFL level is I didn't think he was like quite as explosive as Debo Samuel. And I think like that little bit of explosiveness and being able to accelerate past defenders makes a huge difference in the success that you're having on any given play. But it is kind of finding your niche in the offense with a guy like that. I think Kyle Shanahan got Debo Samuel and understood right away. Okay. These are things he's going to be good at. He was excellent in college at catching slant routes and taking those to the house. I think Debo Samuel that last year averaged like 31 yards per uh, slant that he caught, right? It was like something ridiculous. So he gets it in the field. Okay, we're going to run a lot of slants and breaking routes with him. He's doing terrific. I think for the Green Bay Packers, you have to find out, okay, what does Maury Rogers do well? What is he going to do at a high level to where we can utilize that and then hopefully eventually build off of that? I think you need that confidence and not just the confidence with him, but the confidence in Aaron Rodgers that this guy is going to make a play for you. I think that's the other part that four Packer receivers and some of these young guys as well that were just drafted, 
does Aaron Rodgers like you? Does Aaron Rodgers believe in you? And I think, you know, trying to kind of fight for his approval, that's a whole different beast. You know, and I feel like, you know, with coaches is one thing. Like, man, okay, this coach, he don't know. But when your quarterback is like the big dog and we know how Aaron Rodgers is, he can come off a little different at times. Yep. Uh, I think there that's is no kind bigger dog in the Packers organization than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That that's intimidating to to guys. So I think just kind of getting on the same page with him, but first and foremost, figuring out how are we going to put this guy in position to win? They they gotta figure that part out. So they have to figure that part out with two of the rookies that they drafted, two guys that I'm that I'm yeah. really high on, um, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. And and I thought Dubs was was far better than than his draft position. I think Christian Watson was picked almost exactly where I had him in my in my pre-draft ranking. So I thought that that was I thought they gave up a lot, but that's a that's a separate issue. So what do you see from those two guys in terms of w- when you're evaluating receivers, what they can bring to this offense? I mean, so they're so different. And it's funny because Christian Watson, I believe, is the better prospect from an, an upside standpoint, right? Like you see a guy 6'4", 210 pounds, runs in the four threes, and he is explosive. When you see the ball in his hands, I mean, he can win all over the field, whether it's vertically. There were times where they lined him up at running back and just was mm-hmm. like, all right, we're just going to hand the ball off to you. And yeah, how many 6'4 guys have you ever seen lined up <laughs> in the backfield? I've, I'd never seen that before. Him and Jalen Hurd, who was a 49er pick, right? I mean, that was a 6'5 right. running back. So aside from that, you typically just don't see that. And um, Jalen Hurd did not have 4'3 speed. But to see that versatility that he has, I still think with the offense that he's coming from, North Dakota State, it was primarily just based around the run. And I know Green Bay has gotten to that run a lot more over the last couple of years, but not to the extent of what he saw at North Dakota State. He might see three, four passes a game there. Green Bay Packers, like, they are going to throw the ball. And I really loved a lot of what they did with Devontae Adams, where if a guy was playing eight yards off, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I don't even think they had to check an audible or anything. They, they just knew, hey, we're just yeah. going to raise up and throw the ball to Devontae Adams, get the ball in his hands. Well, can you get the can you get on the same page with your younger guys like that? And I think maybe a bigger emphasis on the passing game will be definitely a transition for a younger guy like Christian Watson, understanding, you know, how to run his routes. I remember when I got to the NFL and I remember seeing the receivers and some of my buddies and they'd walk around the facility with flashcards and everything for them was just like trying to like learn this playbook, learn this playbook, learn this playbook. It's so much harder than it is in college. So I think for Christian Watson, especially if you're not in that uh, offense that's throwing the ball a whole lot, I think there's just a lot of new things that he has to learn there. But from an ability standpoint, I couldn't be more excited about where he's at. But when you tell Dubs, I actually was like, man, is Romeo Dubs going to fit in a little faster? Because one, he's coming from, uh, uh, you know, a passing game wide open at Nevada, obviously not the highest level. Same with North Dakota State, even though that's, I mean, one's FCS, the other one's FBS still with Nevada, but not playing against great competition week in and week out. But I thought he showed a lot, like from his releases off the line, um, I think he played with the necessary necessary speed to really threaten uh, defensive backs in route, get them um, going up vertically. I thought he was really quick off the line of scrimmage. Uh, it was really cool to see him line up outside, went vertically down the field, line up in the slot, went over in the middle, settle in zones. Where and when, when they drafted him, I'm like, man, like that that would be the guy I think would kind of mesh with Aaron Rodgers actually a little quicker if given the opportunity. The only tough thing is. Draft slot matters. So if you were drafted in the second round and they traded up for you, 
they are going to give you every opportunity to at the very least show that you're not the guy. So Christian Watson, they're going to give him every opportunity to be the guy. But Romeo Dubs won't get as much love early on. But I'm curious to see if later in the season, does he start to get a little bit more looks? That's something I'd be I'd be keeping an eye on if I were a Packer fan because uh, he has a lot to his game that I think meshes with what the Green Bay Packers want to do. I love that we align on this because I had the same thought, uh, not just um, after rookie camp, but just as soon as they were drafted, I was like, I think, I think dubs has a better chance to contribute right away. I think Christian Watson has the much higher ceiling, but I think both, I think they fit together too, because they can win in different kinds of ways. Um, I I think if you look at dubs, uh, Watson and Rogers, they all three can be on the field at the same time, which is another important part of how you want to plan your team for the future. Make sure the geometry of your offense fits. So I'm I'm so glad that we align on that. As we as we finish up here, I have to ask you about Quay Walker because that was the pick. You you and me and and Isaiah Stanback uh, were, were sitting on the couch with with Ryan Tracy, your your co-host at Locked On NFL Draft. When that pick came through, we were all like, "Wait, what happened? Did they th- what happened?" So what what do you what do you see from Quay and how does he fit into a defense that the last time we saw it on the field and you saw it on the field, they were kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, no, terrific. And this is another guy that like, you know, you want your defense to really be, you know what you're going to get from your offense, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, like you're going to be solid. But if you can have a dominant defense to kind of back that up, you're just way more dangerous. And you had a guy like Quay Walker, who's a very young, explosive uh, uh, linebacker there. Some of the things that he can do, he's almost, and this is kind of my main takeaway from him. He's, he's, it's, it's tough saying this because this player had such a great rookie year, but he's almost kind of like a poor man's My, uh, Michael Parsons mm. from Dallas Cowboys. Like he a guy that is pass rushing work to... in camp and many camps. They, yeah. were, they were getting him on the edge, letting him rush the passer a little bit. So this is not. That's crazy. what I'm saying. He can do those things. I mean, he's a legit like stack off ball linebacker, but he's a guy that can legitimately rush the passer as well. And we saw his testing and how well he did there. He's a very explosive player. I'm not surprised at all. Listen, I had no idea that they were doing that pass rush stuff with him uh, during OTAs, but I'm not surprised because he definitely has that type of skill set. And that's exactly why I said poor man's Michael Parsons. And I say poor man's not in disrespect to Quay Walker, but just in the sense of, I mean, Michael Parsons was like unanimous defensive rookie of the year. We don't have to put put that type of pressure or expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just in the sense of usage and what, you know, just the different ways that you can utilize him. I see some of that. we had so much fun in Dallas for our NFL draft show. And a lot of it was, was Isaiah and Croc story time. I, I just want to ask one question that I did not get to ask you that I wish I had asked you on air. So now I get to do it again. Yeah. Who was the, the guy that you played with or played against that you watched what they did on the field? It doesn't have to be someone you went against specifically, but you just saw on the field and you went, what is that just like athletically or how they moved or how big they were, where you were just like, man, that, that is crazy. Actually, it was a teammate of mine in and a fellow rookie, Sheldon Richardson, mm. Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson. He would do some things where I'm like, dang, that's not, that's not normal. <laughs> or man, I didn't see that at the division two level. Right. Like, I mean, just freaking stuff between him and Quentin Cobos. Cobos would flash those things. It wasn't as consistent as Sheldon Richardson, but no surprise at all that Sheldon Richardson ended up winning defensive rookie of the year because I saw it early on, like, man, this guy, he's just different. He he wasn't like 
the biggest of guys, but he was built very well. I mean, he was close to 300 pounds, but he looked more like a 250 pound type guy, like just the way he was built. But man, he was cat quick. I mean, he could move extremely well. He did some freakish stuff. And, and that was the f- first guy where I was just like, man, now you see freaks all over, man. I mean, you see, I'm out there with Antonio Camardi and, you know, he's 6'3", 215 pounds, playing cornerback and stuff like that. But uh, Sheldon Richardson, he just did certain things where I'm like, man, a lot of people aren't doing that. And he's still playing in the league to this day and still getting paid. So uh, not surprised at all. Eric, this was ba- the best. You're the best. I appreciate you, man. Uh, th- this was terrific. And we'll talk to you, uh, I'm, I'm sure, when the season comes around. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Eric Crocker, for joining me on today's show. He's the best. He really is. And uh, I think when it comes to cornerback play, th- there is just no one else that, that breaks it down uh, like he does. And uh, so it's great to have him on, even though, you know, we're talking about a rival podcast, a rival team, a team that cannot stop beating the Packers in the postseason. Uh, hopefully that that streak ends very, very soon, as soon as this season. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why would you endure pointless or intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more at a chain auto parts store or at a dealership when you can go to rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of the Locked On NBA Big Board, and the five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. It's underway. So go find it right now. No one does mock drafts like the Locked On Podcast Network. You know that if you listened to our Locked On NFL Mock Drafts. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. All right, we're going to be back next week, another three-day week for us, uh, and we will we will have a podcast next week. We will not have a Monday podcast. It will be a Tuesday podcast, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Monday is Juneteenth. It is a, a federal holiday. It is a locked-on holiday, and so uh, if you do, if you do have off, great. Um, if you don't, also great, um, and, and it's also an important holiday that, that we... Uh, need to understand and 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 reckon with uh the impact of and and so uh, i think that's important to to mention here as well uh but plenty of content coming your way before training camp opens at the end of july follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920 341 3775 is day. Locked on Packers.